Good morning and welcome to Just Jess Podcast Morning Motivation, the bite-sized show that covers one topic in depth, where we will explore mindsets, motivation, success, love, and laughter. You're only one podcast away from a better you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Just Jess Podcast show. I am your host, Miss Jessica Fagans. I'm also known as Jaunty Fabia, and I'm also known or better known as Just Jess. Listen, we made it. <laughs> we made it to Friday. We beat the Lions, the Tigers, and the Bears. We are amongst the living. We are able to see a new dawning of a new day, and it is the weekend. They used to say cheers to the weekend. And like I told you guys, this was a very, very long week for me. Uh, It was a tedious week. It was a hard week, but I got through it. You got through it. And I keep reminding you that life is hard. I know things happen. Uh, Things happen uh, that we don't expect to happen, but it does happen. But just be encouraged and just know that this too shall pass. It's okay. You will get through this thing that we call life. He never said that the road would be easy, but we just have to stay focused and grounded and know that our ladder is going to be greater and that we will get through whatever situation, whatever circumstance that tries to come up. I know I still go through it. Sometimes I can make it seem as if I'm not going through, but trust and believe it is a bad, a daily battle that I have to go through in order just in order to just get up and be happy. Just being honest with you guys. So I do get it. I understand that life is hard, but we will get through this thing called life. And guess what? We'll get through it together. Just a quick, quick reminder, you guys, the Just Just Podcast show does come on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We start exactly at 5 a.m. You can catch me on Anchor FM, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Kindle and Alexa, uh, Stitcher Radio. I also have a uh, social media websites, a couple of them. <laughs> I have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and I do have a uh, TikTok. Ooh, child, TikTok is addicting. Do you understand me? But I do have a TikTok. I also have a website. It is www.justjustpodcastshow.com as well as my Shopify, JF Creations. That's what two S's, .com and my Amazon, which is Jessica Fagans. Please continue to like, share, and tell people about my podcast and about the other things that I have going on, as well as my bookstore and my um, my uh, Shopify store. So thank you again for joining me um, on this Friday morning. It is a glorious morning. It is a beautiful morning because I was able to open my eyes, and that alone just gets accolades, kudos, praises, because I am amongst the living and I'm just so ever grateful. Somebody didn't wake up this morning, so you should be uh, able to rejoice in the fact that you are still here and he gave you another chance to get it right. Yes, you guys. So it is the month of May. And so we are celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month uh, for the entire month of May. If you know of anyone, anybody that is suffering from this 
disease of mental health, whatever it is, please, please go to my website and fill out the form to let me know so that I can recognize this person or these people if they are living with this this dark secret. I'm, I'm realizing that a lot of people are embarrassed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do not own up to the truth. Um, just a side note, I was yesterday, uh, there was a knock at my door and uh, I typically don't have visitors uh, unless, you know, they call me and let me know that they're coming. And there was a knock at my door and it was a, a very aggressive knock. And I went to the door and I looked out my peephole, but there I didn't notice the person at the door. Um, and so it was a young lady with a book, uh, backpack with a, a scully cap on her head and a cup in her hand. And um, I kept um, asking, who is it? Who is it? And y'all already know me. I will look out the door and go sit back down because you are uninvited. I didn't invite you to my house. But this young lady just kept bamming on the door. So at that point, I thought that there was something wrong. And so I immediately opened the door and asked this young lady, how could I help her? Immediately, y'all, I knew that there were some mental issues going on with this young lady. Um, the first thing that she said to me was that she thought I was following her in my car. Yeah. Israel. She thought I was following her. She thought I followed her to the Taco Bell. Well, if you know me, I'm not an eater of Taco Bell. That's number one. And number two, if you know me, I do not like to drive. And so I said to her, nope, not my car, not my vehicle. There was a man. No, there's no man that lives in my house. The only man that remotely comes to my house, the man is my son or my brother. So, you know, that's a, the second no. Um, but I just noticed that there was something wrong and, and I, I could recognize it. And so I, I allowed her to speak, but as she was speaking, she did not make sense. And so my little light went on in my head and I said, Lord, you are who you are. You are so omnipresent. You are an awesome God. I knew immediately that this young lady suffered from either schizophrenia or she suffered from bipolar or just anxiety and depression. So as she began to ask me, you know, questions, I said, well, let me ask you some questions. So I came to the conclusion that this young lady was being abused. She was from California and she was running from whatever she was running from. And so I basically told her that I could not help her. I could call the authorities to, to get her some help, to get her, you know, where she, cause she, she really needed to be at a hospital. And she says, I kept calling them there. You know, they, they told me that, that there's nothing they could do for me for the abuse. And that's when I knew that there was something really wrong. So I said that to say this, not to go too in depth about it, but it is real. What's real mental health. And it looks Nothing like what we think it looks like. When you look at her, you would never imagine that there was something wrong with this young lady, beautiful black woman. But there's some mental things going on there. Um, everything that she showed me that came out of her book bag, she says, was tainted, that somebody was tracking her. She had took uh, took a loose a uh, the fire alarm out of her apartment she had taken a loose a cell phone and she just kept saying see they put that on there and they tagged that and I knew at that time um, that, that there was something wrong listen 
again, and I can't emphasize it enough. And I know a lot of people are sick of me saying it, but you can be sick of me saying it because I'm going to continue to say it because it's a viral thing. If you know anybody that is suffering from any type of mental health issues, please, please, please get these people some help. So in conclusion with this young lady, she left. I told her that I couldn't get her any uh, help because I, I couldn't. She, I, the only thing that I could offer was to call the police. And she did not want me to call the police. And so at that point, I knew um, I needed to, you know, go back in my house because I didn't know where it was going. So just pray for your people. I don't know who this young lady is, who her family is or what is going on. But mental health is so omnipresent and we just have to be mindful of it and the people that it affects. Um, on the next note, um, again, if you have purchased any of my uh, journals or my coloring books, please, please let me know so that I can go ahead and get you invited to my uh, book signing. I'm so excited. My book signing is next Saturday at the Hard Rock and I cannot wait. I'm just so ecstatic to see everybody that has, you know, been uh, supportive of me and my journey with my, my books and my journals. And I'm just so grateful. I can't wait uh, to let you guys know what else is in the works for this little country girl. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff I'm working on. I'm just so ready to put it out there, but I have to be mindful of what my mother taught me. Good morning, Ma. Just be slow to speak, baby. <laughs> In due season, everything that you are doing, it has its place. It has a its proper place that you let everybody know. So y'all just keep your eyes out on me because God is doing some things with me. Another thing thing I wanted to acknowledge. Congratulations to all of the graduates uh, this year. I saw so many people on my timeline who are graduating from the little ones to the adults. And they, let me tell you something. It is never too late for you to go back to school. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you something. I saw so many people that were adults and I'm, I'm not talking about 20 years old. I'm talking about people in their late 40s and 50s graduating from college. That is such a big deal to me. And then I saw so many people uh, opening businesses. Congratulations to everybody that is doing the darn thing. Guess what? The money is there. If you can make some money and, and, and start your own business and be, a, be the CEO of your business, if you can go back to school, go to college and get a degree and open up your own business or start something uh, remotely that's going to better uh, your lifestyle, do it and do it now while the going is, is getting it done because the get the, the going is getting it done. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I think I said that, but anyway, <laughs> go on out there and do what you know you need to do. Get your education and everything and, and, and start your own career. The money is out there, especially for the minorities. There is a lot of funding out there. You just got to know how to get it. And you just got to know who to talk to and what to talk to and how to talk to because it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is out there. So Mondays, um, again, congratulations again. And I want to say uh, before I move on, congratulations to my grandchildren who are going to the next grade. I think I have a middle school a middle schooler who will be starting um, in um, August. I think I have a, a fifth grader. I have a first grader. I have a second grader or third grader, I think, and a kindergartner, I, I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm so proud of my grandchildren, y'all. Keep it up. Grandmama is so proud of you and I'm proud of my daughters for making sure that they get the best education that there is out there for their children. All right, you guys. So enough of that. I forgot what I was going to tell you guys. Um, I, I talk so darn much. I, I, I forget. Um, I told you, well, anyway, it'll come back to me. <laughs> it'll come back to me once I start running my mouth, but I'm going to do the what's the best part of my show right now. And that's my affirmations. That is the best part of this show because it is the time that we affirm over our life of affirmations is the best thing since sliced bread, because it's something that you can do verbally, or you can do it silently. You can do it inside of your head where nobody knows that you're saying it over and over and over, or you can just be boisterous about it. You can write it down. But the bottom line is it's something, it's, it's something that you speak into your situations, whatever your situation is. And that is the best part of this show because I affirm over myself. Now, listen, you don't have to use my affirmations. I use mine. If you have your own affirmation, go get up this morning and affirm some things over your life. It's never too late. It's never too late to start with anything that you want to remotely start with. And with that being said, I'm going to jump into mine because I need my affirmation this morning. Because again, life is hard. Yes, it is. But I will get through this thing called life. Do y'all hear my voice? Child, I've been singing. <laughs> I've been singing and singing to the glory of God. Now, this is not a spiritual show, and I've just been talking spirituality since I got on here this morning, but it's okay that I speak it every now and then. But if you're just joining me, I typically do not uh, bring up spirituality on my show, but today I decided to do it. Why? Because it's my show. <laughs> it's affirmation time. Hey, affirmation time. Hey, affirmation time. I have my water. I'm going to drink my water and then I am just going to jump and dive right into my affirmations. Y'all give me one minute. All right. All right. So here we go. So this morning's affirmations simply says this too shall pass. Ooh. Did y'all hear me? I'll say it again. This too, this too shall pass. Everything you do, every thought you have, every word you say creates a memory that you will hold in your body. And it's imprinted on you and affects you in subtle ways, ways you are not always aware of. With that in mind, be very conscious and selective. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. That's okay. Everything you do, every thought you have, every word you say creates a memory that you will hold in your body. And it's imprinted on you and it affects you in a subtle way, ways you are not always aware of. And with that in mind, be very conscious and selective. That came from a beautiful African-American woman by the name of Felicia Rashad. She is an American actress, singer, and director. She is one of the best-loved ma uh, matriarchs in television history. She is known for her role as, y'all already know, Claire Huxtable on the NBC sitcom The Cosby Show, which earned her Emmy Award nominations in 1985 
1986. She also played Ruth Lucas on Cosby. She was dubbed the mother of the black community at the 2010 NAACP Image Award. She has uh, TV shows such as The Cosby Show, Cosby, A Different World, and Little Bill. Do y'all remember Little Bill, the little black cartoon with the little one tooth? Uh, <laughs> she also has movies Black Box, Creed 1 and 2, Good Deeds, Still Magnolias, and my favorite. I love this movie. Frankie and Alice with Halle Berry. It was a drama that was centered on a, uh, a go-go dancer and she had multiple, multiple personality disorders and she struggled to remain herself and she began working with uh, a, a, psych a psychiatrist to uncover the mysteries of the inner ghost that haunted her. And so Rashad played uh, Edna Murdoch. I think that was her mother. Um, and I remember her quoting in the movie, she says, I've always tried to do the best I could for Frankie. I've only done what was right. That was uh, Halle Berry's name, Frankie. She had the, the personality disorder. But she said the darn thing, everything you do. Okay. Every thought you have, every word you say, it creates a memory that you will hold in your body. It's imprinted on you and it affects you in, a, in subtle ways, ways that you are not always aware of. So with that in mind, be very conscious and selective. So that brings me to my title today. Um, it, it was a very hard title for me to uh, decide to talk on because I've been wanting to talk about it, but I did not know how. And I think uh, the more I put it off, the more tragedy happens. Um, dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who have or who has or who are losing loved ones. And it is never easy to lose a loved one. I remember the year that I lost in one year, I lost my cousin, my father, and my grandparents. And when I tell you, I just thought my world was going to end and I was ready to leave this world at some point, grief is never easy to handle. So let me give you a disclaimer before I jump into my topic. If you're uncertain, okay, about whether your grieving process is normal, I need you to consult your healthcare professional. Outside help is sometimes beneficial to people trying to recover and adjust to a, adjust to a death or a diagnosis of a terminal illness. So if you are dealing with it or you know someone that is dealing with it and you're not sure about the process, please, please get some help. So dealing with grief, we all experience grief in different ways. And, and again, let me say this, um, I am talking about mental health and I'm going to kind of, um, entwine this into my topic today. I am still, um, going to be, you know, bringing you mental health, uh, as far as Monday, I do not have a, a guest at this time because the guest that I did have does not want to come on the show. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about the disease that the the, uh, the guest suffers from, and I'm just going to leave the guest as uh, anonymous, okay, out of respect 
for them. So back to, to uh, dealing with grief. We all experience grief in different ways. Knowing your style can help you heal more effectively, right? Grief is, is a strong, sometimes overwhelming emotion for people like us. People like me, let me say that, regardless of whether uh, your sadness stems from the loss of a loved one or from a terminal diagnosis uh, that you may have or someone that you love may have uh, received, they might find themselves feeling numb and removed from daily life, unable to just carry on with regular duties while saddled with their sense of loss. Grief. Grief is the natural reaction to loss. Grief is both a universal and a personal experience. I'm talking about grief. Okay. Individual experiences of grief vary and are influenced by the nature of the, the particular loss. Some examples of loss include the death of a loved one, which is I'm seeing ever present more and more and more as I walk down my timeline. It's just unbelievable the people that I have seen, you know, who have gone through, who's going through it, uh, a lot of of, of death, uh, especially in their in their family. But the death of a loved one, the ending of uh, the ending of an important relationship, a job loss, loss through theft or the loss of independence through disability, whatever the grief is. Experts advise those grieving to realize they can't control the process. You can't. And and to prepare for, for different stages of grief. You have to understand why you're suffering or why you're suffering is why you're going through the things that you're suffering with. That's what I want to say. Uh, talking to others and trying to resolve issues that cause significant emotional pain, such as uh, feeling guilty for a loved one's death. I know a lot of people who feel guilty about someone passing away, especially a family member. I know there was a time when my dad passed away. I, I put that burden on me because why I wasn't there when my father passed and I beat myself up for almost two years until I just recently let that thing go because in my mind I felt as if I was the problem but I didn't cause his sickness but I felt like I should have been able to I should have been there when he passed and I wasn't I was here in Daytona my, my father passed away in Kansas but grief is a natural reaction to loss experts like I say ex- experts do advise that uh, you need to understand that is something that is out of your control. Mourning can last for months, all right? Mourning can last for years. There is not a set timetable on when you can and cannot mourn. Generally, pain is tempered as time passes and as the bereaved adapts to life without a loved one to the news of a terminal diagnosis or to the realization that someone they love may die, it's never a time limit on how long you grieve for that particular person. See, we all undergo a number of losses throughout our lives. We lose our parents. We lose relationships. We lose our children, our friends. We lose careers. There is more to grieving than romantic relationships. You can also grieve for things like missed opportunities and disappointed uh, expectations. 
Grief is so complex and it has a tendency to manifest in our lives in so many ways, several ways. If we are serious about moving beyond this grief, then we have to recognize its place in our life and the way it is affecting us, especially when it comes to mental health. See, the different there's different types of grief, okay? And I just learned this. I didn't know. I just thought grief was grief. But there are different types of grief. And I'm going to give you a couple of them. And again, if you are grieving, if you know someone that is grieving and it's it's gone on for a long time, just see about your people, okay? Don't say that they should be over that grief because you you we, let me say we, don't don't, don't I want to put, you know, you cuz I'm talking to myself. We cannot put a time limit on how long people grieve. Everybody grieves differently. And that's that's just the the truth. Y'all excuse me. <clears throat> Everybody grieves differently. All right. So I'm going to give you some examples of the different types of grief. Unless you are extremely lucky, listen to me good. You probably experienced some type of grief before in your life for, for each one of us, this grief can manifest differently in our lives, right? One moment we may find ourselves emotional and move to anger and upset. Then on the next hand, the grief can transform into the desire to isolate ourselves or search for meaning in the church. Grief is physical. Grief is emotional. Grief is behavioral and grief is spiritual. And when we understand that we can better recognize our paths through our grieving process. So I'm gonna give you the first one, physical grief. Physical grief encompasses the way uh, loss attacks our bodies. There's a lot of stress that comes with the heartache and frustration that we deal with when it comes to physical grief. On the physical level, we can notice that we feel aches and pains throughout our bodies. We, we lose sleep. We feel physically exhausted. Uh, and we can also experience headaches and literal uh, heartache or pain in the chest. I know I did when my grandparents passed. My chest hurt so bad I thought I was having a heart attack. But my heart was hurting. It was aching. Grief is very, very stressful. It does cause anxiety if you're not careful. And stress is always, always, always destructive destructive to our body as it is to your mind. Okay. Be very, very careful with this grieving process. That's the physical grief. I'm going to go to the next one. Emotional grief. The emotional uh, manifestations of grief are the symptoms that we are most familiar with. On the uh, emotional level, you may experience extreme sadness for the emotional grief. That grief ravages your mind and your heart, creating uh, depression. It, it causes anxiety and even a sense of numbness that spirals into a soul-crushing hopelessness. See, these anger, there's anger. I was, I was going to say the grief that causes anger, but there's anger that comes with this emotional grief. 
You get angry at that person or an opportunity you lost. You can get angry at the universe and even angry at yourself for feeling how you do about whatever your grief that you're going to going through. But again, you have to be very mindful of the emotional grief because that's when the depression comes in. It's not like the physical grief. These are totally different ones with the emotional you got, you have the depression and the anxiety, and then you feel the, the numbness that spirals into a soul crushing hopelessness where you just feel like there's no reason for you to continue to live. Y'all be careful with that. Okay. The next one is behavioral grief. We don't always consider the behavioral impact of our grief. I know I did not. It's not only a matter of mind and body. When these two things are affected, listen here, it creates patterns of behavior and reaction that can be absolutely toxic. Okay. It can be toxic if it's not managed and if it's not corrected. I'm going to give you an example. You may go for, uh, from being a social butterfly. You, everybody love you. You're all, you're, you're on every scene. Everybody knows you, right? You go from being a social butterfly to a socially isolated recluse because of behavioral grief. You can also struggle to concentrate and engage in risky or antisocial behaviors like drinking, mm -hmm. fighting, gambling, coerced uh, promiscu uh, promiscuity, promiscuity, I'm sorry, etc. But you got to be careful with behavior because I know someone right now, right now, as I'm speaking to you, who battles with the behavior grief and what they're, what they have started doing, they started drinking and they're drinking nonstop. And what happens is, is if you're not a regular drinker and you start drinking because of the behavior grief, because you are grieving this way, then you got to be careful because you can become an alcoholic. And if you were not an alcoholic prior to this and you don't start drinking now, family members, friends, whoever, if you notice the signs of that person, please get them some help or even let them know that you recognize what is going on inside of them and ask them, can you get them some help or ask if you, if they can speak with you, talk with you so that you can be an outlet for their situation so that they don't become a product of what they're going through. and I I'm, I know it's you know it's it's hard sometimes especially when you love someone and you don't want to say the wrong things especially if they are grieving but with this antisocial behavior the behavioral grief I'm telling y'all it does start off with them drinking or starting fights gambling um, and all that other stuff. So please see about your, your people. Okay. The next one is spiritual grief. We've talked about the physical grief. We talked about the emotional grief. We talked about the behavioral grief. Now the spiritual grief, there's no denying none. There's no denying the intense spiritual grief that many of us go through when we are experiencing a loss. Okay. Push to the edge in every respect. Many of us go searching for spirituality or religion in the wake of a loss. So let me, let me put a fork there. 
A lot of us have a tendency, if we have not been active in a church or, or have an active church family, as soon as somebody passes, we run to the church. Okay. Now, again, this is not a spiritual show. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Whatever you can use, you use. If you don't need it, then just ignore what I'm getting ready to say. But you should already have a spiritual life. You should already have a church family. Because when you go through this grief, that's who the church family is, who is supposed to come and give you the comfort that you need in order to get through the next steps of grieving that family member. All right. So with that being said, people want to hear from their loved ones again. So they run to the church. They want hope that things can one day be undone. For some, this is a transformative journey that has gleaned results. All right. You have to know the word in order to understand. But for others, they numb and bury away deep emotions and prevent themselves from engaging in the true healing activities that they need. You ever heard somebody tell you after a loved one has passed, oh, you know, she she's not in pain or he's not in pain anymore. They've gone on to glory. They're watching over you. If you are not a spiritual person, they're, if they're not a spiritual person, they're not going to under, understand that. And even though we can say it, and, and that is real common in, the, in, in, in churches, we love to tell people that, but when a person is battling mentally, because this is a part of mental health, if they are battling this and they're, they're going through something, that's going to be the last thing that they want to hear. And I'm just being honest. So if we, the church, the people who, you know, have people that come in and they are grieving, my, my recommendation to whoever does this is just pray with them. Just let them vent. Just let them talk. You just be the ear. Let them get it all out. And when they are done, if you know how to pray, just pray with them and just let them know that you, you're there for them, whatever they need, because that's sometimes the last thing they want to hear, even though we already know that they have ascended into the heavens. We pray that they have, you know, but that's going to be the last thing that somebody who has spiritual grief want to hear. So I gave you physical grief. I gave you emotional grief. I gave you behavioral grief and I gave you spiritual grief. So now I'm going to tell you how to handle your grief according to uh, the, your grieving style. Have you lost someone close to you? Maybe uh, a parent or a care a caretaker, a friend, whoever, or maybe you just had to give up on a relationship that was becoming a threat to your happiness or your well-being. Acknowledging your grief is how you come to recognize its levels and the layers that it has in your life. Then you can break down your healing by approaching these th these things or this grief across a multi-stage approach, which has a tendency or will help you to be able to enable to be <laughs> to be able to enable you to wade through the complicated emotions that you're experiencing. I, I double wrote that y'all just bear with me. So how to handle grief, confront the physical layers first. That's number one. It's often the easiest to confront your grief on a physical layer first. 
this is the superficial layer. It's the it's the meat of what we're used to dealing with day to day. It's going to be the easiest to address, especially when it comes to your aches, your pains, your exhaustion, uh, uh, than it is to address the mental and emotional pain that you're in at that moment. So do just that. Give your body a fighting chance of supporting you through the hurdles that are coming. Nurture your body. Build a self-care routine. That's why I tell y'all self-care is so important. It's so many levels of self-care. Make sure you have the strength you need to give yourself a shot at true healing. Healing begins within you. You have to be, you have to be willing to, and ready to heal but you have to be able to confront the physical layers of your grief first. Okay. Confront the physical layers of your grief first. When you, when your outer most layer is suffering, it will be impossible to reign in the mental and emotional aspect. You must nurture your body, nurture your body, give it rest, give it water, give it food, love yourself, love your body. Love you so that it can carry you through everything which comes next, okay? Your grief is a battle. <laughs> Listen, it's a battle that is waged not only in the mind, but it's waged in the heart, but in the body as well. Your physical vessels are damaged by stress. That came from my psychiatrist. You're damaging. You're damaging yourself. Your physical vessels are, 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 you're messing them up, Jessica, which includes the stress of grief. Whatever the grief that you're going to, there has to be extra space giving to the processing. While sometimes we may not feel like eating, I know when I'm grieving, I don't want to eat. I don't even want to smell food. If I smell it, it makes me sick to my stomach. Your body still needs nutrients though, Jess, to feed your brain because you already battle with mental health. So you need that support going to your brain while you may not feel like seeing a doctor at the time, taking an antidepressant or reaching out to someone who can help. It may be a must for your situation. You have to keep your body moving and avoid giving up on you. And on your, on your body. Why? Because we already know that you're grieving, but it doesn't make sense to grieve and to suffer. That loved one or that situation may not be, you know, they might be, the loved one might be gone or you might've lost a job, whatever you're grieving over, it's not worth you taking your life. How am I taking my life? Well, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself physically, then you're taking yourself out. So that's number one. Confront the physical layers first. Number two, work down to the emotional level. Once your physical needs are addressed, you can move on to the emotional level. This is usually uh, uh, the part of grief that we are most comfortable with. I know that I am. I recognize the sadness and the hopelessness, uh, the anxiety and my anger. My emotions roll over like waves over and over and over again as I gain distance from the different losses that come in my life. Sometimes the waves are enormous 
and they are overwhelming to me, especially when it starts in the beginning. But I've learned that things slow down eventually. And those big emotional crests become smaller to me because I'm able to battle them. And then they become further and further apart. It's almost like contractions. If you're a woman that has had children, you remember when you first go in and you're having those contractions and, and they're coming every 10 minutes. And then after a while, they're coming every nine or eight and then five minutes and then one. See, the, 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 the closer you get to the number one, that means that baby is ready to be birthed, right? Well, that's the same thing with, with your emotional level. You have to confront it, the physical needs, and address it. It's going to be the easiest way for you to get through the grief that you're going through. Face your waves. That's what I call them. Slowly get yourself into a place where you can turn to face everything that is, is coming for you. See, the emotions are, are going to come. Naming them. Let them pass. Your pain is not forever. Let me say that again. Name them. Name your, 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 your emotions. And then once you name them, let them pass because it won't last forever. Journaling is a great way to do this. I keep telling y'all journaling is the best thing since, since the beginning of time, in my opinion. Talking to friends, therapists, coaches, counselors. There are many ways to get yourself in a place where you can see the, uh, the emotions without being so overwhelmed and allowing it to overwhelm you. You need to allow yourself to feel those emotions, okay? That doesn't mean you have to allow them to overwhelm you, but in certain, it, it certainly doesn't mean that you have to learn to sit with them and allow them to pass. Otherwise, bearing your grief away will cause emotional festering, right? One day, all of that pain is going to come out and you may not recover from it when, you, when it does come out. If you can't learn to live with it, then you need to learn to control it. Build good habits that will allow you to accept the emotions that you're dealing with, allow them to exist in your life and then make space for them because you will notice they become smaller day by day. Every day it gets a little bit easier letting go of loved ones and letting go of grief and letting goes, letting go of things that have me bound. It gets a little easier every day. Do I forget? No. Does the pain subside? Sometimes it doesn't. But the thing I'm learning is to be able to control it. I have to control it because I suffer from a lot of different things inside of my head. And so if, I, if I'm not able to control it, then I would be a mess. All right. Consider how your behaviors are affected. That's number three. There's no resolving our grief in any proper way until we also consider our behavior your perspective and your personalities are changed in the aftermath of grief. Whenever you go through somebody, uh, uh, a loved one, you know, being taken from you or a job that you lost, whatever your grief is, it is going to affect you. And if somebody tell you that it's not, they telling you a lot, it's going to affect you. But you have to be able to concentrate. You have to be able to recognize it. The changes 
the, the changes in your behavior, you have to recognize this. You may start engaging in, 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 in different type of activities that you've never uh, been in before, like drugs or, or alcohol abuse uh, to numb the pain. But you may also lash out at people that you never in a million years would lash out to or poison yourself in the arms of toxic people such as lovers, friends who take advantage of you. Listen, there are a million and one ways that we react to grief. And not all of them are good for you or for us or what we want for the future. So consider how your behavior affects other people. There is no resolving your grief in any proper way until you consider the behavior. Consider how the behavior uh, behaviors are being affected by your grief. Are you struggling to concentrate? Are you socially isolating yourself? Or are you engaging in reckless pastimes and addictions that could drag you down or take you out? Be brutally honest with yourself. What new actions or reactions need to take place in any destructive decisions that you are making when it comes to your grieving? If you are drinking more, I need you to admit it. If you're trying to numb the pain in the arms of strangers, gambling, self-harming behaviors, these things can't go on you got to get help because you will destroy yourself and in that destruction you'll create so much unnecessary suffering not only for you but for both yourself and the people that love you the most focus focus on channeling your grief through more helpful and constructive behaviors use it to propel yourself Use it to propel yourself into the world and over, uh, over those last hurdles to success and happiness. You had a brush with loss and death. We get it. We understand. But guess what? You have survived. Allow that fact to empower you as you begin to rebuild in the wake of your grief. Number four, elevate to spiritual considerations. Elevate to the last level of grief and consider how your spiritual life is being affected. For some, this is quite literally religious, all right? They can become deeply involved in their churches or become um, uh, a fanatic about new religions they hope will ease the pain. Now listen, whatever your belief is, whatever your God is, that is your business. But don't start going to another religion because you feel like the other religion you was in was not working. You have to allow it to work. And I'm going to leave that there because I don't want to get too in depth. But just be mindful because you can become deeply involved in, in, in other churches or become a, a, a fanatic about other religions that you hope will ease that pain while the things, you know, still have not changed as far as the grief it's only it's only going to give you a temporary relief and it's not always going to give you what you need you have to find that thing internally in order for it to come out externally for your life the only actual way with grief is by moving through it growing through it 
So how has your spirituality been affected by your grief? Do the things change? Do things change? Do that, that do, does it reflect the way that you feel spiritually? When someone that you lose, you go into the church, does it make you feel better? Or is it a desperate attempt to ease some of the pain that you're in just to get through that particular day? See, there are different, there are different right and wrong answers for everyone. And some of them are difficult to realize, even harder to admit. So I'm going to give you my best advice. And it's just my advice because I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm, and I'm not a pastor. I'm not uh, a counselor. I'm not, not any of that. I'm just a person who understands and gets it. Acknowledge your truth. Acknowledging your truth. And acknowledge that the truth is how you find your real happiness again. May It may be spiritual path is what you need. It may not be a spiritual path. But what brings you back to your authentic self is what's going to work for you. What restores your faith in the idea that you will come back and live a life worthwhile in the wake of that particular grief? Talk to yourself. Talk to the little voice in, in the core of who you are. What does, what does that person tell you? What does that gut tell you to do? What brings you the great sense of peace? And if it's the spirituality, if it's going to the church, if it's going to uh, lay at the altar, if it's, if it's opening up your Bible to read, whatever it is, acknowledge the truth that's inside of you and then find your happiness. And then the last one, move intentionally and mindful. I want you to uh, get your journal or just close your eyes. Find you a quiet place for about five to 10 minutes, okay? And then I want you to breathe deeply. Then I want you to clear your mind of any and every thought. Now, imagine it is 20 or 30 years into the future. All of your major problems have been resolved. Everything that you remotely ever went through has been resolved. And you are the happiest and the most self-fulfilled version of yourself that you can be. Now, what does that person look like? Who are they surrounded by? What does their grief look like now? How were they able to overcome that grief and keep moving toward their happiness? Move intentionally, move mindfully forward, leaving plenty, plenty of space, leaving plenty of compassion for yourself. Don't you dare pressure yourself to move on too quickly. Don't you dare pressure yourself to move towards someone else's happiness on because they're telling you to do it. Everybody grieves differently. Everyone grief moves at its own pace. And more than that, it forces everybody and everyone to make mistakes. If you backslide, 
don't you dare punish yourself. Because riding high one day doesn't mean you'll be able to say the same the next day. Take the bad days in stride. If you need a day in bed, you better take it. If you need to cry on someone's shoulder, you better do it. Just be kind to yourself. Set limits for you. Don't you dare allow yourself to wallow when there's so much more space for you to do better things for yourself. Give yourself a grief room to shift and transmute the feelings and the emotions that you're going through. Keep pushing toward that vision of your happiness that you built for yourself. Grief is so complex and it's multifaceted experience that manifests in a lot, a lot of ways and comes in so many forms of fashion, but we suffer emotionally we suffer physically, we suffer with, be, uh, with it behaviorally, and we suffer with it spiritually when we go through a major loss. See, this loss can include death, which is the number one major, major death, small, whatever the death is, or just spiritual, whatever it is. When we go through a major loss, this loss can include so many different disappointments. In so many instances, it is important that you listen to your grief and honor it. Honor the needs it presents to you. Holding yourself through this pain is the only way that you can effectively survive it without it destroying you. Break down the physical layers of it. Then ask yourself, are you isolating yourself? Are you struggling to eat? Are you hurting in places you didn't know you could hurt? The rest of your healing journey won't happen until you can rest physically at peace while you address the emotional hurts. And then once you've gotten some physical relief, I want you to dig down into the emotional meat and confront this unfamiliar landscape of hurt. And then I want you to slowly allow yourself to process it. See, when we have the physical and the emotional in place, we can see how our behaviors are being affected. Then I want you to move on from this point to spiritual considerations, whatever your spirituality is. Don't you dare throw yourself off the deep end. Think through your commitments. And then I need you to readjust with a rational view. And then choose to live your life that's aligned and fulfilled by moving intentionally and mindfully toward a better future, not only for you, but towards the people that love you the most. Heal, heal, grieve, but don't allow it to take you out. Thank you so much for allowing me to pour into you uh, on this Friday morning. I'm going to give a big condolences to a lot of people who are losing loved ones. 
I want to give a condolences to people who, you know, it just happened at the, 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 the snap of a finger. God just decided to take people. But let me tell you this. I am a witness that you will get through it. You'll live through it. Just keep pushing. Don't give up. Find, find the intentionalness in it and then push off of it and grow from it. If you know somebody who is grieving and their grieving doesn't seem normal, please, please, please consult with, an health, with a healthcare professional. Outside help is going to always be beneficial to people who are trying to recover and adjust to any type of death or a diagnosis of a terminal illness. Don't you try to do it on your own. Prayer does work, but sometimes medication works as well. All right, you guys, I'll be back on Monday with a topic about mental health. Again, my um, special guest uh, does not want to be named and they do not want to come on the show, but they have given me some things that I can speak on about what they are going through. You guys do not want to miss um, on my Monday's podcast. Um, again, it's just really hard that people are grieving all over this world, but so much uh, a, a grief is going on on my timeline. I just needed to talk about it and just to discuss it today because I don't want people that are grieving. I don't want it to affect you mentally because once you become diagnosed mentally with any type of disorder, that thing is hard to get rid of. And I'm just being transparent. You guys tread very lightly and, and try to find the, the, the betterment of situations the best that you can. And don't allow anybody to rush you in your grieving process. All right. So the Just Just podcast show comes Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I start at 5 a.m. I am on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon, Google, Kindle, Alexa, Stitcher. I have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. I also have a website, www.justjustpodcastshow.com. Calm. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Don't y'all forget, we got two more weeks until the month is out, and then we'll start something fresh for the following month. And listen, my affirmation today was very vital to this topic. This too shall pass. Now, y'all do me a favor. Tell a friend that got a friend that already know a friend about the Just Just Podcast show. All right, until then, you guys enjoy your weekend, and I am out. This has been a morning motivation, just just podcast with Anchor FM. Tune in weekdays, Monday through Friday, starting at 5 a.m. for the morning motivation with just just.